0: Father, I thank you. Lord, we pray for this word. Lord, we pray for this word. And Lord, we pray for this word again, that it would come out exactly the way I hear it preached inside of me, that it would come out the same way. Lord, I thank you that we have the ability, the freedom to be able to sit with you, to hear from you, that you stir our hearts, that you motivate us through Holy Spirit to wonderful places. Lord, that you're constantly transforming us into the image of your son with ever-increasing glory, and I pray that this moment in time would be one of those days, that something would shift within us, that as we walk out the doors, we would resemble Jesus even more than when we first walked in. So we thank you. We thank you for today and this family. And everybody said? Amen. Now, I've got a couple of scriptures to go through. Hillary, I'm going to apologize in advance if I decide to jump one or three. Is that okay? So John 3.36, we'll start there. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on them. So eternal life or everlasting life for me, same, you know, depends on whether you're reading the King James, the NIV, the NLT, same thing, yeah? Everlasting, eternal. But as I read that, it's a present tense possession. It's something that we have now. When I read that, it's not something that it's, coming it says whoever believes in the son who believes in jesus for those that don't have their hands up we'll pray for you later so um if we believe in jesus it's whoever believes in the son has eternal life that's present tense right now not something that's going to come is that okay so i want to suggest i'm going to throw out it's not something that begins when we get to heaven yeah, it's not something that begins when we get to heaven. And, and my issue, if it's an issue, is the fact that, that we can lose this truth, but yet there are a whole stack of passages that speak about eternal life that we get it here and now in this particular life. John 4.14 says, But whoever drinks the water I will give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I will give them will become in them so we've got this water now, because he says he gives it to us, will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So not only do we have it present tense now, it's something that grows within us, yeah? What about John 5:24? Very truly, I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes in him who sent me has eternal life, and will not be judged, but has crossed over from life to death, um, from death to life. We have it now. John 6:40. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in Him shall have eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. If you believe in Jesus, if we believe in Jesus, we have eternal life. I think I'm I'm building a foundation. We need to know that we've got it, and hopefully in a moment soon, before we leave today, I'll show, I'll be able to show... Both of us, all of us together can come to some form of understanding of what eternal life is, yeah? John 6.47, very truly I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. So in all of those scriptures, the question still remains, what is eternal life? What is everlasting life? What is it? And this is really important. It doesn't matter whether you've been a Christian for 80 years or 90 years, or whether you've been a Christian for six weeks or five weeks. It doesn't matter if you are brought up in a Catholic church or a Lutheran church or an Assemblies of God church. It doesn't matter where your faith stems from or how long you've had it, but it's important nonetheless, regardless of how long we've had faith, yeah? John 3.16 tells us the reason that Jesus came. And I reckon this is where some of the confusion lies, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So now you're going you're gonna to have to give me some rope, enough rope that I can hang myself. Is that all right? So go with me here. Many people have thought the goal of salvation is for God to forgive, forgive us of sin, yeah, so that we don't live in eternity without him. Yeah? For God so loved the world that he gave his only one and only son that whoever believes him shall not perish. And it's almost like often we put a full stop there. Wow, because of what he did on the cross, now I have eternal life. I won't die anymore because he's dealt with my sin. He's dealt with the thing, the sin, the desire that we have to do our own stuff rather than the God's stuff, yeah, which is what sin is. He's now dealt with that. Now, that's not exactly all that John 3.16 is saying. See, not perishing in hell, for me, is a pretty big thing because as a church and as a movement, we believe in heaven and hell. We believe that. Yeah? God is good, but he's so good and so loving, it doesn't mean that he's still not a just God that dispenses justice. Yeah? His ways aren't our ways. His thoughts aren't our thoughts. The minute we start to think that he should think the way that we think, There's an issue there, yeah? We are not him. That's why he tells us really plainly and clearly, I don't think the way you guys think, you know? I don't do stuff the way that you do. And that's why we have this thing called faith, because we have to step out in areas that sometimes in life you'll have a forever question mark in, yeah? We know he paid the price for all of our sins, past, present and future, by dying on the cross. But... But for me, that's not all there is to salvation. There's already more than enough in that to say that that's more than we deserve, but there's more. See, salvation is much, much more than getting our sins forgiven. It's much, much more than just saying, hey, you're no longer going to perish. Here's a better way to put it. If you and I, if you and I, did, if all we did was ask Jesus to forgive our sins so we wouldn't perish, wouldn't go to hell, wouldn't be separated from him, then we'd be missing out on eternal life. Is that fair? Yeah, if all we did was, hey, we believe in you, Jesus, thank you. You've forgiven us of all our wrongs, all that we might do. You've dealt with the sin question. I'm no longer perishing. I'm no longer going to hell. If that was the full stop in our life, then we miss out on eternal life. I'm building a foundation here because eternal life is really important. And eternal life is not just spending an eternity in hell or in heaven. Yeah, It's not just that. So we need to know that there's something that we can enjoy together. Right now. So, we know that sin no longer stands between God and man. Is that okay? Cool? I know it's a little bit dry, just building a foundation. I know most of you are theologians and you know all this already. But sometimes we just need to make sure that we're on the same page, yeah? 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, the new life has come. So that means we now live forever with God, amen? Exciting stuff. That's a woohoo! That's a clap moment, yeah? We now live forever with God. But if we only look at it like that, then we're missing out on the benefits of right now. The benefits of right now. And eternal life's one of those benefits. Eternal life doesn't just begin after we die. It began the minute we said yes to Jesus. Yeah. So how do we get it? How do we live in it? How do we grow in it? How do we experience eternal life now? And I actually think the scripture gives us an answer. Yeah, This is going to blow you. This is such great revelation. Yeah, You ready? John 17.3. And this is the way to have eternal life to know you the only true God and Jesus Christ the one you sent on earth so get it the snapshot eternal life is knowing God something that we can have right now so let's unpack that a little bit is that alright when Jesus said eternal life was knowing God he was talking about having an intimate close personal relationship with papa he was talking about having an intimate close personal relationship with holy spirit yeah now it has to be intimate and close if holy spirit is going to speak to you now we'll get to it a little bit later the problem with holy spirit he never talks about himself and he talks about jesus yeah See, the word actually says again in john that he only shares and with us what he's heard and to a degree what's to come yeah so lots of people believe jesus died to forgive their sins but they still there maybe you know some of these people i do why do i because i'm a pastor of a church i know my own struggles and i know when i'm walking with and through the struggles with other people yeah it's not me pointing the finger seriously this is This is just commentary. I know from my own personal experience, my own personal struggles, and I know what other people are grappling with, what other ministers, what some of their congregations, what their church families are going through. People believe that Jesus died for their sins. They believe that they're sons and daughters of God, yet they don't, for whatever reason, have a personal, strong, intimate relationship with him which is the picture of knowing God, which is the picture of eternal life. And so if we're not having a personal, intimate, strong relationship with Jesus here and now today as we live this life, as we call ourselves Christians, yes, we have an eternity that we're going to go to that's assured, but we're missing out on eternal life right now. It's like they think, it's like some people think it's just for heaven. You know, um, I don't know if any of you remember the old song. There's... You know, we used to sing an old song many, many moons ago. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing it shall be. When we all need Jesus. No, 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 no one knows that. Come on, someone, there's got to be somebody here that remembers that song. Just show our hands, all right, about six people. Cool, come on. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing. Why aren't we rejoicing now? Like seriously, why are we waiting till we get to heaven? Heaven forbid I could live till a hundred. That's a long time to wait when it says that we can have eternal life now. Yeah? There's lots of birthdays, lots of gifts. I'm speaking it out, declaring it by faith. Now I don't want to take anything away from heaven, but we're supposed to have eternal life now, close, intimate personal relationship with Father and Jesus and Holy Spirit right now. You know, I'll repeat what I said before. If all we've done is believe in Jesus so we won't go to hell, then we're missing out on the everlasting eternal life that Father has for us in this moment, yeah? And knowing, knowing, knowing actually God, knowing Papa is absolutely one of the the greatest and most important things in all the world. There's nothing greater than you and I can seek, yeah? I love the song because as we were singing that song, God was just downloading some more truth You know, I want to seek you first. No, no, I'm going to seek you first. Because if I seek you first, the greatest thing that I can actually have, the greatest legacy that I can leave for my children is a knowledge of God, an experience, a relationship, a personal, intimate, eternal life relationship with Him. That's got to be the greatest thing. That's got to be greater than our jobs. I'd hate to say it, I know it's all part of the same package, but greater than our relationships with our wives, our husbands, our spouses, our partners, our children, the greatest thing in this life has to be knowing the one true living God, it has to be. Because if we know Him and live in eternal life now, He then filters through to every part of our life. Seek ye first, what? The kingdom of God and all these things shall be added, yeah? I love the way Paul put it in Philippians in um, chapter 3, verse 8. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. You're catching this? Everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I've discarded everything else, counted it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ. He hadn't hit rock bottom. Yeah, It wasn't like there was nowhere else to go. when Paul wrote that, he was one of the most educated and talented men of his day. He was the bee's knees of religious authority. Everybody that knew Paul wanted to be like him. And Paul wasn't writing just about the time before he was born again. When he wrote that passage in Philippians, he'd been a Christian for decades. You've got to understand this, for decades. And He'd been used of God in such a way that you and I, we still study all the stuff that he's written and all the stuff that he did and everything that God did through him. And yet in that space, he was still seeking to know God more. He was living in eternal life that water that was within him that would bubble up to eternal life, because eternal life is something that we have now and something that grows, and it's a knowing of God. You know, I almost want to suggest that we can know God more. We can experience eternal life more, know Him in a way that many Christians haven't. That's a bit presumptuous, Pastor, you know? <laughs> How can you suggest that? Well, look at Isaiah 4.6. My people are destroyed from lack of what? Knowledge. Because you've rejected knowledge, I'll also reject you as my priest. Who's his holy priesthood? Just throwing it out there. Because you've ignored the law. What's the law? The law is the word. Yeah, I will also ignore your children. I love the way the NLT puts it because it gives it a nice, nice balance, a nice ring. My people are being destroyed because they don't know me. My people are being destroyed because they don't know me. Now watch this, 2 Peter 1.3. By his divine power... yeah. God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. That means you and I, we've got everything that we need. We have a tool, but we've got like a Batman utility belt that has everything on it that God has given us. And it says we've received all of that. We've received this utility belt. We've got everything we need to live a godly life. All of this by coming to know him. What's knowing him? It's eternal life. What's eternal life? It's knowing God. The one who called us to himself by means of his marvellous glory and excellence. So how? How do we grow in our knowledge of him? How do we begin walking in eternal life, remembering that knowledge is not a knowledge here? Yeah, I said earlier, when God was talking about knowing him, he's talking about having a personal, intimate, close Relationship with Him. That is eternal life. That is knowing God. The scriptures are very clear that's what it is. We can't just say it's what we have up here. It's not that. It's actually not what the word, if you break it down, even the the word know in the Greek, it's not about that. It's about having an experience, knowing Him personally, intimately. What we've got to understand is that the scripture also says this is eternal life. To know God personally, intimately, have a close, transparent, open relationship with Him. And there are a myriad of ways that we could have a close, open, personal relationship. There there are uh, uh, just a stack of ways that we could get to know God. Worship, yeah. Prayer. Daily devotions. There's some great daily devotions now, particularly if you love your phones or your tablets. Some awesome daily devotions out there. Walking with others. The list goes on a little bit, but it's a, it's a difficult list because it, re- it means we have to do something. You know, It requires us to pull the finger out. Can we say that in church? Oh no, I did. It means we have to do something for it. Our salvation's secure. But it's not just a salvation that saved us from hell. It's so that we can have eternal everlasting life. And everlasting life is knowing God and knowing God's so to have this personal relationship with him right now. We can listen to podcasts. Who likes podcasts? Some awesome ones out there, isn't there? You can grow in your knowledge of God by church attendance. Can you believe it? By coming to church, you can grow in your knowledge of God. I'm going to say something that many of you may not believe. When I got saved as a 20-year-old, we would go to church twice on a Sunday. I know that that doesn't float in Western culture today. You know, the norm in America is one every six weeks. Australia now, the stats are saying um, church once every three weeks. That's the norm. I grew up in a different era. I must really be aging because we used to go twice on a Sunday. And if we missed one of the services, we felt bad. Not a guilt that we would be condemned, but bad because, man, I don't know what I missed out on. And whenever, I don't know about anybody else, but whenever we missed out on church, we missed out on someone being delivered, you know, like some demonic manifestation that we would go, yes, amen, Jesus, you get that sucker, you know? Well, we used to love those times. We used to love it. We had one of those times here at Overflow recently. But it was really good because you get to see how God works. You get to see his love for somebody. You get to understand that we, our, our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and, and high and dark powers. Yeah? Oh, I wrote friendship groups. Oops. Friendship groups can grow your knowledge, grow you in your eternal life. Yeah, I know we say it all the time, your best friendships, your best pastoral care, some of your best growth is going to happen in a friendship group. Make an effort to go. I know that this is not, you've got to hear my heart, this is not criticism of the church in general. This is commentary. Because when we can see the way that God sees and understand his heart and desire for us, then we can grab hold with a pure heart, with a right heart, his intentions for us. Is that okay? But there's one that I want to focus on as quickly, uh, you know, to bring some, land the plane, so to speak. There's one thing that I think is probably most, most important, more important than all the others that I mentioned. Seriously. Reading the Bible, reading this, whether it's on your phone or tablet, whether it's the real life thing that's you know that's falling apart because the glue has come unstuck. Pages that you've kept because oh, that was a good thought. I'll preach that one day and then you never get there again. It's reading the Bible. I wrote in the newsletter that the Bible is an incredible book. It's full of historic facts that prove that there's a God, that he created all things and that he loves us. But the Bible is the word of God. It holds the mind of God and his will for each and every one of us. If you want to live in your eternal life right now, if you want to know God, which is eternal life, you want to have that close, personal, intimate relationship with him, I know. I know this is... This is revelation that's going against what many people think. Read the Bible. Pick it up. Use it. Many people think that we read the Bible so we can know the Bible better. It's not how it works. See, when we, when we actually read this thing, we get to know God more. And, and when we know God more, you know what happens? We love him more. There's such a truth. Of who he is, it jumps off the pages. That it doesn't matter what happens in life, it really you've got to hear me. It doesn't matter how bad the road ahead looks, our faith will be unshakable and unwavering because our foundation is secure. Yeah. It won't matter. Because we've built it on something, on eternal life, on knowing him. It's showed us his character, you know. There's really never a better, I wrote here, a truer statement than to know him is to love him. The more we know him, the more we love him. The more we know him, the more we love him. You know, when we see his character revealed in these pages in Scripture, we can't help what happens. Our affection within us grows. It just does. Holy Spirit, now, when you read the Word, as as a pastor, yeah, as a husband who speaks to my wife, Often people come and, come and speak to me, yeah? Not just church family, people outside the church. And they're not hearing from God. Holy Spirit, they can't hear Holy Spirit. I guarantee you somewhere in there, they're not reading the word. I often say to Mal, Mal, I'm like, I'm just, I don't even know what to preach, Mal. What am I going to preach? The church expects me to preach. They're paying me to preach. I don't know what to preach. And that's like Saturday night. No, 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 no. And you know what my wife always says? She goes, well, are you spending time with the Lord? I go, yes. She goes, are you reading the word? I go, I've listened to some worship music. I've listened to some podcasts. No, no, are you reading the word? Are you giving God an opportunity to speak to you? Talk to the hand. I'll get, I'll get somebody else's advice. Thank you. Like, seriously, because if anyone's going to tell me where it's at, it's always my wife. And and unfortunately, as a pastor, often I'm the one that brings that good news to other people, yeah? So I'm just sharing. If I've ever shared anything with you that's offensive, ultimately it's come from Mel. (laughs) (laughs) while she's in kids' church, I can get away with that, yeah? (laughs) We'll keep moving forward. We'll keep that on the tape. We'll just... (laughs) True revelation comes when he unpacks the word for your personal life. When he unpacks it for your personal life. I don't know how many times that I've sat with something, and what you've got to understand is it could start with a devotional, really, which has a passage of scripture. And I've learned now, if I'm doing a devotional that has a passage of scripture, I'll read that that passage of scripture, but I'll try to read the whole chapter. And often God will just give me a thought. It might be on that passage or it could be on something else. And so I, I just write it down. I scribble it. Between you and I, there are times where I don't do that enough. Yeah, I'm being just open, honest and transparent. So if, if I, as a minister, can have those moments where it's a struggle, then I imagine, if we're all to be you know, truly honest with each other, there, there are moments where we opt for something that might come easier than reading the Word you know now worship comes easy i love worship i could worship for hours here's what i know if you speak to anyone that writes worship songs they align what they've written with the word and if it doesn't align with the word it doesn't get print to get the print it doesn't get any melody put to it churches won't sing songs that are out of sync with the word with the bible yeah in fact, the podcast that we listen to, that we get so excited about, some of the great preachers, all they're doing is sharing the revelation that God, God's given them when they've read the word. And so we listen to their revelation and we get excited all the while we have eternal life in us that bubbles up and grows. All the while we have an eternal life, which is knowing God. And we have the ability, he's given us everything we need to live a godly life by knowing him. We actually can have those revelations. We actually can have words jump off the page. It's like the prophetic word. We as a church love the prophetic. We teach the prophetic. Prophetic words are great while they line up with the word of God. So if you've ever had a prophetic word from anyone, even somebody in our own church, our church has learned that prophetic words are uplifting, they're encouraging, they're strengthening, they're comforting. If you get a word that's outside of that or outside of the the core of who God is or is trying to shift or change who God is, take the prophetic word, hand it back to the person, smile and say, thank you, I don't think that's for me. I've had to do that. Thank you, I don't think that's for me. They go, hold on to it, it might one day. No, 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 not that. That, that doesn't sit right. Everything's got to align with the Word of God. We have eternal life now. I think there's too many of us that struggle in life. Just struggle. It could be financial struggles, yeah? We've shared here a couple of times with the different financial ups and downs of the church, and I have these scriptures that are keeping me sane while at the same time I'm struggling, eh? Yeah? And it's like he owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He's not, you're gonna love this one, financial troubles. He's not gonna let you go through anything that you cannot bear. He's gonna make a way out. Well, I want a way out now. Well, no, no, he's going to make the way out. So, if I don't know the word, I've never got anything the Holy Spirit can speak into my heart to give me peace when I'm going through those struggles. Now, when I got saved as a 20 year old, um, there was a whole bunch of us, really. There was like people I didn't know, but just seemed to be the same age group. And I'm not kidding. I'd imagine, and I'm just picking on them because they're the, probably the youngest in the church, but John and Judy would remember this. <laughs> when I got saved, we carried our Bibles into church. Do you remember that, John? Yeah? We actually carried a book. And, and, go, go, you've got to get this. We actually spent extra money on a Bible cover. I know, right? I've still got one or two of those covers Underneath my house, protecting a couple of Bibles that I love. I remember buying a King James study Bible from the Salvation Army that has their logo and crest on it. You can't get them anymore, really. Well, they're hard to come by. But their logo and crest for the Salvos was fire and blood. That just spoke something to me, you know, to have that fire and blood, fire and blood. So we protected it in a cover. We would all carry our Bibles We'd carry them everywhere we went. Then we got smarter and we started to buy smaller ones. You know. <laughs> and now, now, really, we're all without excuse. Even if you don't have one to carry, really there's no excuse why each and every one of us here shouldn't have it on one of our smartphones. I figure there's probably a handful of people that still have a flip phone that's only good for text messaging and phone calls. But most of us have a phone that can run your life. Yeah? And so we can all have a version of the Bible on our phone or on our tablet. I'm just putting it out there, you know. We used to come together, and I, I, I love this about, uh, about you, Ryan. Uh, for people who don't know Ryan, Ryan grapples with what he reads often, and he posts it on social media, but he loves to have discussions about it. We used to love getting together as young people, and uh, almost a prideful thing, we wanted to share what God had revealed to us so we could one-up the next person. <laughs> Your revelation's Nothing. You've got to check out what i got. God really downloaded to me. You just, poof, I knew that already. you know. But check out what I've got. But we used to love getting together to share what God was downloading. The stuff that you read, but it's not there. But it is there, but it's not there. And so Holy Spirit has to come and he, and he paints it. And you think, wow, how did I not see that before? I reckon we could solve half the issues and christen them around the world. Seriously, if people would actually pick up the Bible again and read it. Not out of duty, not because they have to, not because you have to read the Bible in one year. Like that's just ridiculous to read from Genesis through to maps in one year. You'll never remember all of it. Pick a couple of verses here or there. You know, we were talking during the prayer meeting just the other day, Vicky mentioned, but how many of us, and I'm sure there's people here, you've got up one day, you want to read the Bible, often what happens, and this is why devotionals are good, because they give you somewhere to go, have thought, I don't know what to read today. I don't even know where to start. Uh, Okay, God, whatever. Who's ever done that? Who's ever looked at it and go, oh no, I'm not reading that, and gone again? Come on, be honest. Yeah, (laughs) of course we have. But sometimes God wants to talk to us in whatever it was that we didn't want to read, you know? It's uncanny how many times you can do that, and all of a sudden something jumps off the page that gives you life, eternal life, that springs up like a well. Because eternal life is knowing God, and you can't know Him if you don't know the book. You, you can have a personal relationship with Him, but sometimes it can be superficial, because when He starts to challenge, yeah, when He starts to go deep, He seems to ground stuff. Out of here. I don't know why he does that. I'm sorry that he does that. But that's what he does. That's how good our God is. You know, we have more people that listen to podcasts and play worship music oh, yeah, than read the word. And I think there needs to be a good balance. And I think if we're truly going to experience eternal life, we need to know that whole list I read. But we need to know where our starting point is. Yeah. I know there are people of different ethnicities across the world that have come to the knowledge of Jesus through dreams and have never seen a page, but you give them a page and almost like it becomes an idol, they keep it and they read it and they read it and they read it and they seem to get a different revelation out of that one page day after day, week after week, because it's so important to them. Because it's God speaking to them, and now Holy Spirit goes, Oh, let me share some stuff with you that I've heard from the Father. Yeah? It's through the knowledge of God that we're able to receive all things that pertain to life and godliness. That's what Peter says. He's given it to us. Knowing the Word is knowing God. You know, I've said many times that in life we go through stuff, you know, we often go through stuff. We've been praying for many people that are in the house today and many people that aren't. We've been praying for Anna with what she's going through and her chemo and all that sort of stuff. And what I often say is, that's fact. We don't deny fact. I'm, I'm unwell. I'm sick. I'm struggling with this. I've got this, the, the, this mental illness at the moment. I'm suffering anxiety, depression, whatever it is. That is fact. But that's not truth. This is truth. But we can't live in the truth instead of the fact, unless we know it, yeah? We can't claim the promises of God unless we know them. We can hear them, you know, from others, and we might grab hold of one or two, but when we actually, when God has a promise, jump up off the page, that just becomes ours, and we hold on to it in every situation, yeah? Every situation. No one's going to be snatched out of his hand once you're there, yeah? That's comforting when you're going through a trial and a tribulation and a darkness that is so dark that you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. So why should we read the Bible? <laughs> because he wants us to. Why don't we stand? I've got a whole bunch of stuff to go through, but I don't think I need to go there. We can live eternal life now. Eternal life is knowing God. Eternal life is having a personal close, deep, intimate relationship with Father God and with Jesus Christ. Yeah? It's having Holy Spirit reveal truth as we read his word. You know, the word does a thousand things. You know, I've got a... Poor Hillary has got all these scriptures ready, but you know, the word leads us to our salvation. How would we know about our salvation? How would we know John 3.16 if we didn't know the word? Yeah? If we never read it? The scripture guides our steps. He's a lamp to our feet. The, the word directs us in wisdom. It lifts our burdens. You know, I, I love this. Isaiah 41 13 says, For I hold you by my right hand, I, the Lord your God, and I say to you, Don't be afraid. I am here to help you. If you never read that, you can't claim that for your life. Yeah? Unless you've got a really good podcast that has that scripture, you could be missing something that you need right now, that I need right now. The word of God brings joy. I love it. You know, I watched with my wife as she was travelling through that stuff with her dad because it was a long journey for her. It still is a long journey. And and, I, I, and I'm sure that, that even um, Jen at the moment is, is going through something similar and travelling backwards and forwards to... queensland and her dad was an unbeliever and all that sort of jazz all i know is that the more time she spent in that environment the more time she spent with the lord the more time she spent with the lord the more time she prayed the more time she read she did those things religiously because she'll you can ask her you can go to kids church and ask her she'll tell you that it was the only thing that got me through it's the only thing that gave me hope the only thing that gave me hope. And she claimed promises of God over her dad's life. And she's got one of those great stories, you know, where you know, before his deathbed, yes, I, I want to know Jesus. Why is that? Was it just a one-off? Because often those things don't happen for everyone, was it? Because she wanted to live in her eternal life, that she wanted to live in knowing God, and so she got into the things of God. Was it that? I desire for us as a people to be a people like that. We don't have to be Bible carrying people, but it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt to have a Bible that you got at home that you've scribbled all over, that you've written something, and then later down the track, no, I don't agree with that. Yes, I agree with that. I've got to ask the pastor about that. It doesn't matter. You know? The book itself, the book itself is not holy, yeah? The word in it is holy. It doesn't matter what you do with it, you rip the pages out of it, you can do whatever you like. Please don't touch my Bible, I love it. Anyway, uh, the point being, it's just a book, but it's the words that are in it and what Holy Spirit does through it, amen? Scriptures give peace, that I know. So what about, why don't we close our eyes for a moment? However you read your Bible, however you read the Bible, you're going to get the most out of it if you do it because you want to. Doesn't, it doesn't matter how much of it you read or how often you read. It benefits you if you read more often. It won't necessarily benefit you if you read more unless you're sitting with it and allowing Holy Spirit to do a work, yeah, meditating on it. Don't do it because I'm making you. <laughs> Don't do it to show off or to show how much you've read. Don't memorise verses in the hope to get a prize, even though that's what we do with our kids. It's a good way to get them to learn, I guess. We're adults, though, aren't we? Let's be a people that reads the Bible because it excites us. Let's be a people that read the Bible because we want to know God more. We want to live in that eternal life. Yeah. Let's, let's be a people that read the Bible because it's living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, yeah? Let's read the Bible because it holds the power to overcome situations in our life every single moment of every single day. And let's be a people that read the Bible so that our life shows more of Jesus to those around us, yeah? Transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory. How do we know what the image of Jesus is unless we've learnt it? We know it. It's eternal life. Let's read the Bible because it's where we step into our eternal life to know him. They're the reasons we should make that book a priority. Is that okay? I want to pray a prayer over us, and I'm hoping that you're all open to this, but I want to pray a prayer that we as a people, as a family here at Mount Clear, for those that are guests with us today, that we're going to make, like that song we sang, we're going to seek you first, that we're going to seek him first. And we're going to start with the word, yeah? We're going to allow it to permeate our souls. We're going to allow it to do something so supernatural in us that we are not waiting for eternal life, but we are living eternal life here and now. Is that okay? So let's pray together. Father, Lord, we just thank you for your truth. Lord, we know that we can get caught up every day in the stuff that happens. Lord, we can get caught up in the highs and lows of life. Father, I I thank you for all the wonderful tools that are out there so that we can stay in touch with you. Lord, podcasts and devotionals, Lord, and worship music and Spotify and all that stuff. Lord, I thank you for that. Lord, they are all good. But Lord, this day, I want to pray that you stir up a desire within us all to stay in the Word, to turn to it. That if we hear something in a song that stirs our spirit, that we would start to do a study and look for it and see what you say in your Word. If Father, we're reading a devotional about a passage and we're liking what someone says, Lord, that we would take it further. That we would open up and read that whole chapter. That we would allow you, Holy Spirit, to speak to us the things that you've heard from your Father. That you would teach us and reveal to us new things. That you would give us words of knowledge, Father, prophetic thoughts and words and pictures. Because as we've read the word, Father, something deep, deep, deep has, has been buried within us that you're just aching to, to get out. Father, I pray that we would be a people, not a knowledgeable people, not not a people that are are growing in in, in their, I guess, education of the word, scholastically, if that's the right word, Father, but a people that are growing in our relationship, our intimacy, our closeness with you. Well, that's eternal life. And Lord, we want to know you more. Lord, we want to experience you more. We want to encounter you more. We want to know your heart. Like never before. So Lord God, have your way in us. Stir within us what you need to. That we may be, might be the people that you have always purposed and destined us to be. Lord, we take on this challenge to seek you first. To seek you first. That you would be glorified. And everyone in the house said? Amen. Amen. Let's just see what happens, yeah? If we make this thing... One of the things that we rest on, yeah? I don't mind people coming to see me in the office. I don't mind people coming for counselling. But imagine if they came in with thoughts and ideas revealed by Holy Spirit first, yeah? That's for all of us in Jesus' name. Let's have a great Sunday. Woo, music please.